my, my job is to somehow make them curious enough or persuade them by hook or crook to get more aware of themselves and where they came from and what they are into and what is already there and just to bring it out. This is what compels me to compel them. And I will do it by whatever means necessary. Welcome to the Black Girls Heal podcast, where we talk about healing our intimacy disorders, unresolved trauma, and building a healthy relationship with first ourselves and then others. Every episode, we will talk about advice you can apply today to break unhealthy patterns and grow in your self-worth. I'm Sheena Lachey, love addiction coach and trauma specialist. Let's begin. Hello, ladies. I hope you're having a wonderful day and welcome to the latest episode of Black Girls Heal. I'm sending each of you love, love, love on top of love wherever you are. So... For today's episode, I wanted to share some things that I am doing to help improve my friendships in 2022. Um, At the time that I'm recording, this is the top of the year, and these are deliberate actions that I'm taking to, to cultivate and grow and help my friendships flourish now. Uh, I'm intentionally using these words because over the last two years, and perhaps even before that, but for sure the last two years, I have allowed my friendships to falter, which is common for most of us, right? You know, with COVID and everything else. But like I said, I even feel like it was before that. I feel like I allowed life to, and the fact that I've been very blessed to have so many great friends where you know, they're not the type of friends where we needed to talk every day. We could pick up where things left off. Uh, they're super healthy, super available, super honest, um, super funny. And I've taken that for granted and stopped showing up, stopped being responsive um, and letting the excuses that, well, it's life and I'm a mom and I own a business and there's COVID. Thanks for listening to this week's podcast. Before we get started, let's take a small break to say thank you to this week's sponsors. Attention to all my proud plant parents. It is time to give all of your plant babies the best nutrition you can, starting from the bottom up. And that starts with the best soil to help them grow happy, nourished, and strong. Coast of Maine is an organic soil brand that is approved for organic growing and has been sourced from ocean waters and farms for over 28 years. With a full range of products that support every garden and lawn, Coast of Maine products are made to restore roots to the natural world. If your soil lacks appropriate nutrients for success, by adding Coast of Maine products, it will help regenerate the healthy microbes in your soil and set you up for gardening success. And if you have a vegetable garden, not only do you benefit via an abundant harvest, but find that there is less need to maintain and feed throughout your season. Coast of Maine continually perfects the art and science of sourcing, mixing, and composting products worthy of the people and place that aspired their brand and the healthier world it was built to serve. Coast of Maine believes in nurturing relationships with local retailers. 
The products are carried by tons of local retail partners who can provide advice and insight that is not found in the big box stores. Costa Maine knows from beginner to expert, anyone who takes a hand to the land has something to offer the growing community for gardeners everywhere, which is why I love how they make organic gardening simple and approachable for everyone. So let's get growing. Visit costamaine.com to find a local retailer near you. Coast of Maine, like the state with an E.com. Thanks for listening to this week's podcast. Before we get started, let's take a small break to say thank you to this week's sponsors. With the crazy heat waves we are experiencing this summer, especially here in Texas, it can be hard to stay fresh while you're out and about. And that's why I've incorporated the Honey Pot's foaming wash and wipes into my daily routine. The Cucumber Aloe Honey Pot wipes provide a quick refresh when I leave a day of errands and head to a girls' night with friends. If you're heading to an outdoor concert or festival, the Honey Pot wipes are a must to keep you fresh between the fun. Both the foaming wash and wipes are plant-derived, backed by science, dermatologist-approved, gynecologist approved and hypoallergenic get 25% off your first order from the honeypot.co slash summer that's t-h-e-h-o-n-e-y-p-o-t dot c-o slash summer to get 25% off your first order and join the hive today So you've heard me share about my journey with vitamin D and how a deficiency was causing havoc in my life, causing depression that was not helped by therapy, emotional support skills, and other resources that I had access to because the source was organic and coming from inside my body. And it was only by healing my body with vitamin D supplements that I actually saw change. And I'm not alone with me being part of the 82% of black women in America who struggle with the vitamin D deficiency due to our melanin not being able to synthesize as much vitamin D from the sun. But Black Girl Vitamins is a proud black owned brand that develops vitamins to address the specific needs of black women like iron and vitamin D deficiency. Each purchase contributes to a scholarship fund that supports black women pursuing healthcare education. Plus they're vegan friendly and free free from harmful additives. Try Black Girl Vitamins to see improved health in areas such as energy, fertility, and pregnancy support, balancing your blood sugar, and more. Get 10% off your first order with the code HEAL10 at blackgirlvitamins.co. That's B-L-A-C-K-G-I-R-L-V-I-T-A-M-I-N-S dot co and use promo code HEAL10 to get $10 off. Take control of your health and level up your summer with Black Girl Vitamins. It's time to make this summer your healthiest one yet. Uh, over the last two years, just just crowd out my ability to show up for people. And as I've been evaluating relationships, especially, you know, put out our the our planner and our relationship assessment stuff and you know I'm writing this material and I'm teaching this material to y'all and of course I'm assessing my own relationships along the way and I'm like man like my friendships they are not where I would like them to be I have taught on this podcast and in other places too about of course love addiction love avoidance but one of the types of love avoidance that I teach, one of the one of the archetypes that I talk about is Miss Popular or considering yourself a very popular person. And it's very interesting that that is a secret way that many love avoidance don't catch, that they are distancing themselves with people 
because the strategy there is that you have so you're surrounded by so many people, so many relationships, so many great group of friends, so many great activities, so many great committees, great uh, social groups, which is awesome. But because you're spread out so far, people really don't get a chance to go deep with you. Y'all might have, you know, some intimate conversations every once in a while, but that day-to-day growth and learning and going deeper with each other, that doesn't really happen when you're spreading yourself out between so many people, which can be very intentional for many of us, right? Um, And we can have some resistance when people want to spend what feels like too much time with us, it feels very, it can feel very intrusive or smothering, but it's only because we've never really had an opportunity to have an intimate relationship with someone where we didn't feel like someone was taking from us uh, or that we felt like we had to lose ourselves, and we didn't feel like we were being crowded out. So fortunately, I have had those types of friendships as well, where I was, where we talked every day, talked about everything and it was beautiful and lovely and uh, really great friendships in those seasons. And I want to have that back. (laughs) I want to have that back. I remember when I was younger, I used to love shows like, uh, like living single and, you know, controversial statement about to make even friends, which I know is living single taking out all the melanin and all of the destruction. But I mean, those type of friendship shows were the types of shows that I used to really want to have as an adult. And those take time and those take uh, work and it takes maintenance. And I think when it comes to friendships, we can, we can believe that friendships should just magically happen They should magically sustain themselves. And if they don't, we don't want to put work into them. We we will save all of that work and all that energy for romantic partnerships when our friendships are often our soulmates. Our friendships are the ones that are our chosen family. Our friendships are the ones that are going to be there, hopefully again, through thick and thin, through the seasons, through the chapters. And so we have to spend the same amount of time and energy and love with the friendships in our life. And if we don't have those relationships, we have to spend the time, the energy, the love, sometimes the money to really invest in growing them as well. So we had a really great episode last year with Danielle Ballard Jackson talking about growing female friendships uh, as adults. It is episode 108 for those of you who want to listen to it. Danielle is a fantastic, a phenomenal friendship coach. She specializes in building female friendships. She did. She gave us so much information in that episode about building and cultivating adult female friendships that women who do not have any female friendships but want to cultivate them. It's a great place to to check out some really practical, get out a pen and paper list and write it down and follow those steps. Um, And then even those of us who already have friendships for us to continue to apply those things or start to apply those things. But for me, I was like, all right, I need to put this stuff into place so that I can get closer to the relationships that I have or to start to create the relationships that I want. Uh, Seeing how, you know, this (laughs) <laughs> this is our, our normal, at least again for right now. So in this episode, I'm going to share how I'm applying some of the things that 
uh, Danielle share with us or even some of the things that I've taught you in general here on the podcast. And I'm also going to talk about how I've had to think about it as a woman who can struggle with love avoidance in relationships, but struggle with very high functioning love avoidance that is easy that is easy for other people to give me a pass or it's easy for myself to justify giving myself a pass when really I'm just I'm just creating distance with people because subconsciously intimacy is hard and vulnerability is hard and consistency is hard uh especially as someone who the truth of it even outside of intimacy and vulnerability and connection being hard I am in a lot of ways, more of a free-flowing, like, let's just see what happens kind of spirit in some ways. In some places, I'm very like, I like my structure. I like my rules. I like my my stuff. And in other places, I'm like, don't hold me down, sis. I'm a true Sagittarian, true manifesting generator, always have a million things going on. And deep, intimate friendships and relationships are, are possible for every single person, no matter who you are, no matter what you consider yourself to be uh, relationships are a human need. And so what are the things that I am doing to make this happen? So the first thing that I'm doing this season is I'm responding to texts and messages instead of waiting a long time to respond. I feel like I've probably triggered um, about 80% of y'all, if not more, when I said that, <laughs> like, nope, this episode is not for me. You crazy. You're, you're tripping. I'll respond when I get to it. And all of those things, I absolutely understand. Uh, I absolutely feel uh, and often. And I also think there's a time and a place for absolutely. You know, uh, you are in charge of your own emotional space and boundaries. And you're the one who sets those limits for yourself. And you do not have to be at people's beck and call, especially if you're recovering as a codependent, especially if you're learning how to make your own space in your life. Absolutely. And for me as someone who has operated in love avoidance, I've taken all of those very true things about I'm the one who's in charge of my emotional uh, limits and in charge of what I, the energy that I have to give. And if I don't need have space and energy to give people, then I don't have to get it. I've used all of those truths, but I've moved to the other extreme of it making me be not available to people at all. So what would happen is uh, someone may text me and it might even be somebody that I, I want to, I'd like, and I want to talk to, and I will put off responding to them. Maybe my hands are comfortable underneath the blanket, or maybe I'm like, I'll just get back to them later, not knowing subconsciously that's my avoidance, you know, because if I'm not doing anything, if, I, if I'm not doing anything and I like you and I want to talk to you, why not respond to the text? Like, why do I have to put in a buffer? Is there a part of me that's like afraid of being too available? Is it more about fear of being too available versus the fact that I'm not available, Right. Um, not available as far as being busy. Am I really busy or am I just afraid that I would be too eager or too open? And then what if you don't respond, right? Or uh, maybe I wouldn't respond because there's a thought, well, they might respond back and then we'll have a conversation. I don't have the emotional energy for that. And same thing. Sometimes there would be times 
that I would really just be emotionally spent. And I don't, I, even though it's over text, I don't have the energy to text you back and forth. And sometimes I wouldn't I'd be, I would be afraid that I wouldn't have the emotional energy, but it wasn't because I was emotionally spent, but it's because I was not used to in healthy relationships. There is a give and a take. There is an exchange. It doesn't mean that that person wants to drain you or that relation or that that conversation would be draining. It's just as an avoidant, I have or had gotten very used to um, if something doesn't suit me in the moment and if it doesn't work for me, then I cut it off or I cut it out. The avoidant creed for those of us who are high functioning avoidance, we look very good on paper because and we're very good at talking to other people about boundaries and other things because we have perfected um, what that looks like in our life, but we don't really know how to have space to let people in. Um, it is all about being, a lot of times, it can be about being very controlled in your measure. And um, that makes it hard for relationships to grow in uh, because you can't, you can't always tell people, okay, you can come at this time, at this hour, and this moment. And if you don't fit into this little cubby hole, then sorry for you. You know, uh, relationships are about living life together. And even though there will be times when you're like, look, all I have is energy on this Tuesday afternoon <laughs> between these hours because the rest of the week I am just shot. That's fine in some seasons. But if your whole life is that way, um, you miss out on moments. You miss out on moments and you miss out on connections. So and also, it also depends on what your goal is in, the, in that season. Like I said, in this season, my desire is to get closer to people. My desire is to make space. My desire is to go deeper with the relationships that I have. And so I have to show up for that to happen. I can't get closer to people when um, I'm only available to connect to folks on Wednesdays and Fridays afternoons between 1 and 3 p.m., Right. Like that. It, that's not how it works. And I have also have to give back the muscle memory because I've done this before. I know part of it is just you have to get into the habit of being being in connection with people. If you've spent so much time, especially those of us who've been living life in covid, even extroverts, if you get used to not having regular connection to people, you become accustomed to that. It becomes your new comfort. It becomes your new normal. Just like before, what we had to get used to, and this includes introverts too, what we had to get used to was living our life indoors and not having as much connection and communication with people. But eventually it became our normal. So I know that even though at first is uncomfortable for me when my friends text me to respond, to be available, I know that over time it gets easier. So like right now, I'm recording this episode. It organically dawned to me to respond to the text that I have waiting, to initiate texts with other friends and checking in on them and things that they had talked with me about uh, versus me saying, I'm going to get to it later and procrastinating. And either those times never come 
because you forget, because we do have full lives. The truth is we all have full lives no matter what it looks like. We got things going on. Or when I do later on, I've missed the moment of opportunity. I've missed the window. I've missed the ability to be responsive to someone. And people, you've heard me say this before, people will match your energy and your tempo. So if you're giving off vibes, if I'm giving off vibes that uh, I will get back to you later on when I see you and I'll see you when I see you, other people will respect that. And it doesn't have anything to do with, you know, they're upset or um, they are mad or anything like that, but they just, they learn, okay, Sheena, you know, she'll respond, but she may not respond in time. If I ask her out to hang out, she may always have something going on. So she'll always say no. So people stop inviting you out. People stop initiating texts and conversations with you. They can tell when you really, you really ain't trying to talk to them, right? And so if that's not what I want, I got to create the space for something different. So all that leads into the second thing that I've been doing, which is actually showing up when people make plans to connect. And as much as I love all the TikToks, and as much as I love all the memes that talk about how good it feels when plans are canceled, again, in this season, because I'm wanting more connection and I'm wanting more intimacy, I think maybe the last couple of years, even pre-COVID, I was like, yes, cancel plans. Let me stay home and relax and do nothing for a little bit. Like I have plans to do nothing and I'm happy about those plans. And now I want people to start going to events with. I want people to start having games night with again. I want people to uh, go to uh, UFC matches with because I like UFC. Uh, You know, I I want to have uh, hiking friends again. And for me to start to have relationships with people that one, trust that I'm going to show up. And two, I find the friends that are not always going to flake on me as well. I actually have to start creating a space where we hang out again, where um, we both know that us spending time together is a priority. And when we do get together, it's, it's fun. Now, this doesn't always have to be physical. It can be digital as well. So one example from this past week is I had one friend who I hadn't talked to in a while who just randomly texted me. Um, and again, you know, I, I'm lucky enough to I just have real cool, chill people. And so this is someone who I was very happy to hear from. Um, and I like her, but she reached out on a day that was a heavy work day. And so she was like texting me like, how are things going and check in. And she asked me a follow up question to something that I said. And I was like, hey, I'm really busy right now. Can we plan a phone call to catch up? And that was me showing boundaries. So again, just because you're being available and open to my fellow avoidance doesn't mean that you have to completely lose your whole life and you have to completely let everything down and lose your schedule and you know, get behind on things that are priorities. No, I I was clear. Hey, um, I'm working right now. And then I followed up with an invitation to connect. And it wasn't, uh, well, it was a little bit open-ended, but it was a direct thing. Like instead of, hey, let's, let's chat later. It was like, hey, let's plan a phone call. And then she was like, okay, well, when, when can we chat? 
she's very, very much extroverted, um, which also helped this exchange as well. But we planned for a time later that week. I want to say it was like a Thursday, uh, Thursday afternoon. And we were talking. This was a Tuesday morning that we were texting. So plan for that Thursday afternoon to catch up over the phone. And I was I even had an opportunity there, y'all, when she was like, okay, when I could have been like, girl, I just said I'm working. Let me text her back later when I have time. And would I have texted? Who, who knows if I would have remembered to text her back, right? And then when I did text her back, I just had a six, seven, eight hour break before I planned time. And y'all, y'all know the energy of text. Y'all know the energy of text. When people wait a long time to respond to you, especially if y'all been texting back and forth, what does that say? Like, even even if I did respond with a time, that space said mountains <laughs> that, uh, look, I, I don't have time for this and I'll respond when I do have time. You know, just the subtext of, of electronic communication that we picked up just culturally over the last years, we all know. So I responded with the, with, with setting a time. And so Thursday comes and, uh, I've been working, working, working throughout the whole week. Um, my son was still in daycare. So I still had a little bit of time before, you know, family life and mom life started that evening. And I, I, what did I do? I think I curled up to watch Harry Potter or something. I don't know. But I had something in. I just gotten some Chipotle. I was like, finally, time to eat and cuddle up in my bed for a little bit. And the phone call was set for 4.30. And she called me at 4.30 on the dot, y'all. And I looked, and I had been mentally reminding myself that whole week. I was like, Sheena, you need to put it on your calendar because you know you're going to forget and I didn't. I just kept working. But I've been mentally, I was like mentally reminding myself that we had that phone date. And so she called and I was like, oh, answer the phone, answer the phone. Because again, I'm like, this season, I want to have deeper friendships. And what I've noticed, y'all, energetically, just energetically, universe, spirit, you know, uh, spirit-wise, the more open and available I've been letting myself be, the more people have been reaching out to me and people who I wasn't even planning on reaching out, just like random calls and texts and invites to hang out. It's like the world knows, oh, Sheena's ready to 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 be friends again. <laughs> Sheena's ready to, to be social again is what I should say, because I've always, um, you know, been friendly, but I'm ready to be social. But anyways, I was like, this is what I'm wanting. Like, this was an invitation to connect to someone. And so I want to be available. Like, the TV will be here. I can I can eat while I'm on the phone. And so I answered the phone. And we had a really lovely conversation. Here's something else that I did that's a, a, an also a really good distancing technique that we can do with people when we want to push them away. But technically, we're showing up. When I answered the phone with her... I didn't make myself, which is something I've done before, I didn't make myself sound groggy or sleepy or tired because I could have done that. I could have answered the phone because she knew how I'd been working that whole week. She knew I was like catching up on stuff. She knew that, you know, people had been sick and all this other stuff. So I lost time. 
So she, I had an out to answer the phone and just be so drained for us to have a quicker conversation than, than we could have. And I didn't, I answered the phone. Hey, how are you? Good to see you or good to talk to you. And we had a really great conversation from there, but it's because I would, I made myself show up in the present. I made myself be grounded and be open to whatever the conversation had and whatever she had to give. And I was also open with me showing up fully and giving everything too, and not just listening, but actually being a willing, open, full participant in the conversation. And I got so much benefit from it and she did as well. And we're going to keep checking in and we actually had a plan to follow up and potentially get together next month once Omicron stops tripping and also when some things that some projects that we're taking up our weekends are done. So there's that. And then I had another friend that I had reached out to just to check in and she was doing some traveling and she said, well, when we get back in town, uh, I'll definitely reach out for us to connect. She did reach out <laughs> and it was one of those things where I had an opportunity to be like, oh, well, I'm busy this weekend or uh, to make an excuse or uh, I really was f- planning on laying down or whatever I had in my head. But it was an intentional decision to make myself available and to stay available as we were making plans, as we were trying to figure out times, as we were trying to figure out, because she's also a mom, what works best for us and our kiddos to not do the text where, you know how you can send texts when you're kind of wanting to cancel with someone that tells them it will be okay if this didn't work out without saying it will be okay if this didn't work out. I didn't send any of those texts. I just kept planning with the intention that we were going to get together. And we did. And we had a lovely time again. We went to a place that I've been meaning to go to for a while. Got to connect with her. Got a lot of great inspiration, y'all. This just when you show up with the right people and when you make yourself available in the right relationships, it doesn't. It always works out for both of your benefits. Uh, And I don't even want to just frame it for them because if you're actually showing up as a good friend, people need the love that you have for them. People need your laughter. They need your insight. They need your sisterhood. They need your wisdom. They, They need all of you. And so I really want to encourage, that's why I'm spending more time breaking down my emotional, uh, um, thought process and also my moods and all that because we can physically show up for people but mentally and emotionally and spiritually not be there and just be a heavy drain and a heavy drag. Self-talk is such an important and vital process uh, or step or tool that you will need to take as you are working through your avoidant strategies or even your love addiction and codependent strategies which you know we'll talk about on another episode. Obviously, this episode is very much through the lens of avoidant ladies who are trying to, or my feedback is in hopes of helping women who are more avoidant how to talk through and work through some of these hurdles. Because I know, I know I'm not the only one who has done these things. Again, because I see viral memes <laughs> and, and TikToks 
with people who have done all the things that I have talked about doing this episode, but then making myself do the opposite or do the healthier version of it. The next thing that I've done to in the just the past couple of weeks to help go deeper in my friendships and to cultivate my relationships is I've initiated a contact with people um, for things that I feel like I could have handled myself. So there were a few times this week that I was triggered. Uh, something happened that made me feel bad about myself or made me stressed out. And I absolutely have access to tools and things that I could have done in the moment to help me work through that. Uh, journaling, uh, some other tools that I teach and talk about. Uh, I could have done any of those things. Any body work stuff, I could I could have done it. Uh, breath work, I could have could have taken those moments. But I decided in those moments, let me call XYZ and tell her what I'm feeling, to tell her exactly what's going on. And that's what I did. Now, in me having to relearn how to be open and available, I had to go to that part of myself or I had to talk to that part of myself that is quick to worry that I'm being a burden to people. So there is a part of me that feels like there are only certain times that it makes sense for me to reach out, right? So there are certain certain friends that we have certain hours that we will. Hey, we hope you're enjoying the podcast so far. Let's take a quick break to say thanks to this week's sponsors. Hey, we hope you're enjoying the podcast so far. Let's take a quick break to say thanks to this week's sponsors. As our country continues to grow and make new meaning of the intersection between current and historical events, it is so important to stay connected to the voices and the leaders who are influencing what progress, connection, equality, and truth mean to us as Black people. The next generation of influential Black voices can be found on NPR's new collection, Black Stories, Black Truths. Black Stories, Black Truths is a celebration of Blackness from NPR. Each of NPR's Black voices are as distinct, varied, and nuanced as the Black experience itself. In the Black Stories, Black Truths collection, you'll hear stories of joy, resilience, empowerment, and creating world-shifting things out of struggle. Every episode is a living account about what it means to be Black today, told from a unique Black perspective. From Bobby Shmurda to The Wire, Michelle Obama to Reparations, there's no limit to the range of Black stories, Black truths. Black perspectives haven't always been centered in the telling of America's story. Now they are the story. In NPR's Black Stories, Black Truths, you'll find a collection from some of NPR's best podcast episodes celebrating the Black experience. Hear a feed of episodes from across NPR's podcasts that center Black voices. It's NPR Noir. Turn on NPR today and hear a range of voices as varied, nuanced, and Black as the country we reflect. Stories should never be about us without us. Listen now to Black Stories, Black Truths on NPR, wherever you get your podcasts. People often spend time co- um, connecting and reaching out, but these triggering events happened after hours. <laughs> they happened. Uh, uh, one of my friends is also a mom. And so it happened at a time where I was like, she's probably doing bedtime with her friends, with, with, her, with her kids, or, you know, I know she's been working hard too. She's been stressed out. 
but I was still like, no, let me, let me, let me try. Let me take this risk. Let me reach out and see. And I did. And it just led into such a fantastic, fantastic, lovely conversation where she was so encouraging and so loving. And I got to be hopefully just as encouraging and loving towards her as well with what she was going through and just catching up. Right. And one common thread that I've seen with every single woman who shows up as love avoidance or having love avoidant tendencies is that we are all super self-sufficient. We had to be. We had to learn how to live our lives being very resilient, uh, using our intellect or using our intuition or our resilience to work out problems on our own because people would either promise to be there and not actually be there or not know what the hell they were doing, or we were the parent, or we were the mom, even with people who are our age or older. And so we had to learn, we learned very well how to solve problems on our own. So when it comes to letting people into our lives and sharing what's going on with them at the most intimate moments in time before we had an opportunity to kind of think our way through it and all that other stuff, that is very foreign to us. It's very foreign. Uh, sometimes it doesn't even come to our, our mind. Sometimes we can even spend hours, days, months going through the same problem and issue over and over in our minds because it doesn't even click to us that this is something that we could share with somebody, that they would even, one, care, two, even have anything positive to say that we wouldn't be able to think of our own self, um, or three, judge us for it, or think that what we're thinking or upset about is silly or frivolous or immature or looking weak, right? Hey, we hope you're enjoying the podcast so far. Let's take a quick break to say thanks to this week's sponsors. Ladies, I am so excited to share that for this podcast episode, I've partnered with eHarmony, the dating app that helps people find real genuine connection. And for me, this app has absolutely held true to their promise, connecting me to a truly incredible relationship and partnership with someone who truly gets me. Dating apps can be so hard when it comes to filtering through persons who you may not have anything in common with or who may not be super serious about the process and committed. With eHarmony's one-of-a-kind compatibility quiz, you get a baseline standard in every match of your compatibility around values, communication styles, likes and dislikes, energy levels, and so much more. My experience with eHarmony has always been superb with not only the quality of men I was matched with, but also with our compatibility when dating, eliminating the stress of feeling as if I was wasting my time. So join the dating app that helps users find their most authentic relationships. eHarmony, get who gets you and start free today. And so us learning to let people in and to connect with them and to be vulnerable with them in the moment is is a very high level skill (laughs) and something that we have to practice building so if we have if we try it and we have a really good response from a person that can feel really great um and it doesn't mean that we're always going to do that in the future why because we spent our whole life not letting people in and living about life on our own and so It's going to take you cultivating that as part of your regular occurrence. And so 
I knew that this was something that I needed. I remembered what it used to be like, or I know what it is uh, to be able to call friends in the moment instead of dealing with everything myself. And so I was like, okay, well, here, here's that chance. And it worked out. Uh, usually when I share something like this, a thought or a response that people have, if I'm teaching about it live or if I'm sharing about it um, in comments somewhere, is that people say, well, I tried to do this with this person and this is what happened, right? So that person did not respond very uh, supportively. That person did not uh, give good advice. That person did just ignore you and kept looking at your phone or uh, gave you bad advice. And you are going to have to, the truth is you're going to have to assess the people in your life and whether or not they are healthy sources of comfort for you and where you need to place their um, their wisdom in your life. And if there are even people that you need to go to, there may be people that you have gone to it for advice and feedback the majority of your life, or maybe even the majority of your adult life, that they could, they could have been your closest confidants. But as you get healthier and as you grow older and as you learn what you actually want in relationships, you start to realize that maybe they don't fit what you want and what you need anymore. Maybe they're not as healthy as you thought they were. Maybe they are not as ava- as available as you thought they were. You know, it is so common that we unintentionally and subconsciously normalize unavailable behavior as just being how everybody is. And so once we start to heal and once we start to realize that people don't always flake out or people um, are a little bit more consistent, we can look at people who have been in our life this whole time and been like, wow, have you always been this way or is it me? And the truth is they have always been this way, but what they were doing didn't send off any red flags or alert signals to you because you thought that's how everybody was. You thought that's just how relationships are. You would probably justify with, well, everybody's got their thing and I know her heart and I know his heart. And so I'm not going to, I'm not going to judge them for it, but maybe, maybe you should, maybe you should critically and objectively look at how people are treating you. And that doesn't mean you stop being friends with people necessarily or that you cut people off, but that maybe you expand, maybe you hold people to higher standards, right? And if they don't meet those standards, then you start to look for other relationships and cultivate other um, partnerships. So that leads to the next thing that I'm doing this month, which I'm about to, (laughs) I'm actually kind of nervous about. Um, But the next thing I'm doing is that I am putting myself out there to meet new friends and to expand my tribe. Now, the truth of it is before I started doing all this, because I've been so out of practice with friendships and because I was rationalizing a lot of it, I thought, and I might even said it on this podcast, I thought, well... I'm in a different season than other people, so maybe I just need to make new friends. And I was just going to throw all of these relationships away. Not throw them away, but I was going to try and build new relationships from scratch. When really, I have a phone book, a whole contact list, um, 
dating myself with phone book. How many people actually remember phone books who are listening to this? We're at the we're at the age where there's a large amount of the population that had never has never touched or seen a phone book, which is wild, wild to me. But anyways, I have a whole contact list of amazing, fantastic people. But because I was being unavailable, I was like, well, maybe I should just try to create some more. And I realized, no, let me start where I am. And if as I'm starting to engage with people and as I'm actually doing my part, instead of expecting other people to pick up, pick up for my slack, if as I'm doing my part, they aren't showing up, then I'll find more friendships. Right. So that's where a lot of the examples that I've already given have come from. And also at the same time, there are hobbies that I want to do. There are things that I want to grow in my in my life that my current relationships around me are not really that interested in. Um, and if they are interested in, they will probably do it a little bit with me, but they're not going to be as excited about it as I am. So that's going to involve me finding other people who do these hobbies and interests with a full heart so that I can see, do I even like this hobby or these interests? And if I do, uh, maybe I can build a tribe of people around me who are regularly doing it and then showing me things about it and I can grow in it and just incorporate it into my everyday life. So I often get questions about where do I find people or where do I find um, people to do these things with? And I just went old school. I've done three different things in the past. For this, what I did is I went on Facebook and I searched my city name and I searched the name of the hobby and I searched for those things in the Facebook groups. And there are Facebook groups for every single thing in the world. There are Facebook groups for everything. And so I found several Houston-based groups for the hobby that I am interested in participating in. And I joined the groups and I saw that two of the groups have regular meetups. And so I am going to go to those meetups. I'm going to go and show up and um, engage with them, do the hobby and see if one, again, I like it as much as I think I will. And two, hopefully build connections from there. So I said when, when I started talking about this, I was like, I'm, I'm nervous And so even though I feel like I, on a scale of where people are, where they're like, I'm terrified meeting new people and making new friends and making new friends and um, being being social is easy for me. I feel like I'm around a seven or eight. Uh, I feel like some of my social anxiety around conversation skills and knowing how to start conversations and not be weird and awkward. That has definitely gone down over the last couple of years. I, I've definitely become more in my head when I meet people. I'm like, don't say anything stupid, girl, girl, just be cool, be chill. And then I'm not chill. So that I think for real has brought me down, but that doesn't, that doesn't make me um, any less nervous is my point. And I think that nervousness is what keeps people from doing things a lot. Um, I almost didn't go to an event this past weekend because I was going by myself because the person I was supposed to go with, the friend I was going to go with, uh, uh, got COVID. And so I had to go 
individually and I almost didn't go and I was very much in my head, but I went and I saw and I had a good time. But yeah, those jitters still stay there, but that doesn't mean you don't do it because I knew the reason that I went is I knew that if I laid down and if I justified, I don't have anything to wear and it's a little bit cold outside and oh, I got to pay for parking and all those excuses, I knew I just would have regretted it the next day. I knew it would have just would have just been one more thing that I was like, well, I could have gone out and made more relationships and made more friends. You know, sometimes there are those things, those obligations, those things you say yes to that after after you say no or after you change your mind, you feel relief about. I knew because of what my goals are, because of what I'm wanting, because of what I feel about uh, this, this, these things that I'm wanting to try. I knew that I want to feel relief, but more longing, more craving, more um, what ifs is what would have come up. And so I didn't want that to happen. And so I I went. And so when it comes to these meetups, I haven't gone yet. Uh, last week with Omicron, uh, all the things were canceled, <laughs> which is probably why I was in my feelings too. Um, everything was canceled. And uh, in this upcoming week, they're going to be happening again. So I'm going to go and I'm going to show up. And here's the other thing that I'm keeping in mind going back to some of the things that Danielle shared with us is understanding that friendships take time to build and grow. So even if there are people there who I feel like potentially I could become good friends with, which I'm hoping I I can, uh, I still understand that according to the research, it takes 50 hours of continual conversation contact for someone to become your acquaintance in 80 hours for them to be a friend, which is why when we work together with people, when we go to school together with people, when we're in the same clubs and stuff, it feels like friendships and relationships happen quicker and easier because we spend so much time together. So I know that it may take multiple times for me to come for me to actually build rapport with people, especially when it's things like meetups, like the regulars are used to people coming and going. People coming and staying for a couple of meetings and then not coming back anymore. And so they get used to just kind of having surface level and just, you know, seeing if people actually stick around. So I'm coming in knowing that and also not allowing any insecure that helps with me not allowing any insecurities that I may have against rejection. You know, many of us, I mean, we have our intimacy disorders because of some some form of re- of rejection trauma some form of someone saying rejecting our emotions rejecting our um our identity rejecting us based on what we look like rejecting us cuz we're not cool enough or smart enough or pretty enough or fast enough or sexy enough or you know we all we all have our own stories and so not letting anything that's unhealed in me get in the way of me showing up as my best self because I am worthy because I have a lot to bring because these other people have a lot to bring and I'm connecting with other amazing people. So I'm just going to keep showing my amazing self and allow myself to connect with people over time and we will get closer and I might have some instant connections with people and it might take a little bit more work or I might like one meetup and not the other or I might not like them at all, but I'm coming with an open heart. 
Some other things that we've talked about, uh, I believe we talked about in that podcast episode as well, was if you're looking for friendships, if you're someone who's like, okay, you're talking about all this stuff, you already have friendships that you are investing in, you have more positive experiences than I do, you're more hopeful, and you're talking about all these great things, and I can't, I wish I could relate, but I, I really can't, so I need to find my people. In addition to searching Facebook groups for the things that you're interested in, I would also encourage you to check out meetup.com and actually show up. And same thing with Eventbrite, to go on eventbrite.com. And of course, these are US-based websites. They may have international events too, but I'm more familiar with, I know that this is uh, across the United States. And same thing, search for things you're interested in, search for women's events, search for brunches, search for things that you know are social events, and then go and connect with people um, and introduce yourself and get to know people that way. Same thing with Bumble BFF and meeting friendships that way. Uh, I want you to know that Bumble BFF can bring up the same feelings that if you're someone who has online dated or um, has heard stereotypes about online dating, that sometimes it can be triggering if you download the app because Bumble has multiple versions. You can find someone who you're looking to be a business partner with. I want to say that's Bumble Biz. Um, And then there's Bumble BFF if you're looking for someone to be friends with. And then there is the traditional Bumble, which is like for you finding a romantic partner. So with with it being an online app, You can have the same experience of being triggered if someone doesn't respond to you or if you match and y'all have this one word conversation, but they don't really seem like they're just, they're really giving as much as you um, are trying to give to them. That doesn't mean that everybody is like that, especially I'm recording this at the top of the year. I know lots of people are trying to build their relationships and cultivate their friendships. So um, keep going, stay present. Don't be on the app all day, every day, because the apps are designed to make you addicted to them. They're designed to um, make you crave more and more. And they're designed to kind of make it a little bit hard and to gatekeep a little bit because they want you to update. They want you to upgrade to the paid versions of the apps, right? Um, Which is why with Bumble, especially, you only have 24 hours to respond to somebody before the the match goes away or because you can't before you can't respond is literally designed to make you be on it every day. And so just be mindful that the app is designed to make you doubt yourself a little bit, but not because there's anything wrong with you and there's nothing wrong with friendships. It's just a business. So but it's a free it's a free option for you in addition to the other ones I've mentioned. So for this last one that I want to share, I want to repeat that I am sharing five things that I am personally doing for my own relationships in my personal life to build and cultivate and go deeper in my friendships and or to find new friendships and expand my tribe members. And I I feel like I need to reiterate that for this one uh, because I know people are some people are probably taking notes or see, or relating to a lot of this. And this next one might not fit well for some people who might have been aligning with the episode so far. And for some of you, it may be exactly what you may be needing. But this is what I'm personally doing that you can take or leave. So the last thing that I'm personally doing right now is I am intentionally 
smiling more and being more open and available with my nonverbal expression in the outside world. So in the past, um, especially over the last several years, I have been very much, you know, I'm going where I need to go, uh, very business-like. And even before COVID, before masks, I had already started to adopt this more serious persona. I was shut off to meeting new people. I already had my friendships, I already had my relationships, I already had um, the things that I wanted and things that I needed. And so I was like, a no new friend zone, no new connection zone. I was feeling overstimulated. I didn't need any more business things either. So if I was going to the store, it was just to get what I needed to get. I wasn't really interested in connecting with people in line. I didn't really care about what you have for breakfast. Uh, It was like, unless you were already in my life or a student or a client of mine or a contact, uh, I kept it moving. And so I had also been told, even before I got into that to that place, I've been told before by people in my life that I can, especially when I'm in that place, have a very intimidating and um, intimidating presence that tells people, don't mess with me, I don't want to talk to you. Um, also known as arresting bitch face. And I didn't really believe it because the way that I felt and saw myself was that I was a nice and warm person. Like I care about everybody around me. I help people for a living. Like, what do you, what do you mean? You're whatever you're crazy. Um, I re- I would reflect on back on the parts of my life when I was very, very jovial, very much giggle, laugh, uh, you know, very bubblegum in a lot of places. So I was like, that doesn't connect with how I see myself, but I had to I had to come to terms with the fact fact that I had put up these walls, that I had been putting out this don't fuck with me energy and don't talk with me energy because I didn't want people to talk to me because I, I wasn't open to that. And so that's what I was getting. And I would really rest a lot on what some people say as well, which is, well, you know, you just need to get to know me kind of thing or... I'm really a nice person and people shouldn't judge you or uh, what is actually also true, just the demonization of black women and how, you know, we have to, we are, there are absolutely societal standards put on us that will villainize us for just existing. If we are not, you know, singing a song and tap dancing, then we are mean and aggressive and angry black women. And so all of those things were in my head and all those things were, um, reasons why I resisted um, smiling more because <laughs> it's like, who, who, how, how dare you tell someone to smile? I know I'm a good person. I know I'm a nice person. I know I'm a loving person. I will smile when I want to, and when I need to. And what I had to realize, especially in this season where I am trying to cultivate and, and, and receive and build a life and a tribe that's full of open-hearted genuine, fun-loving, easygoing, open people is that I have to be that person myself. I have to put out and embody the vibes that I want to give off. And that doesn't mean being someone that is not myself because I actually love smiling. I love laughing. I love being open. But there are are things in my life 
that made me start to lose that part of myself and made me start to shut down. So for me, I have absolutely had to relearn how to smile. I stopped smiling um, during a place in my life that I was feeling very doubtful and very low and very underappreciated. And I know, I know exactly when it started. Um, it, is, it was a gradual downturn where I slowly lost more and more of myself, which also included at the same time that I was losing myself and doubting myself, I was also losing my ability to let other people in because I was afraid because I didn't know who I was, right? So it my bubble just got smaller and smaller and smaller. And so now as I've started to reclaim myself and get to know who I am more and also knowing that that bubblegum part of me, that might have been who Sheena was at that point, but there was also a lot of people pleasing going on there. And so now I'm finding that middle balance for me. And so as I'm doing that, I smile at people as I walk through the grocery store. I smile at old people, at young people, at cute people, at unattractive people, <laughs> you know, just keeping it real. Like, because that's the other thing. When you, when you pick and choose who you're going to be warm to, then you're not truly being warm, right? You're not truly, you're, you're, you're still in your head. You're still trying to figure out who, who measures up to be in your life. And chances are you might end up attracting people who do the same type of thing too, right? People who will scan people in a room and decide whether or not someone has worth or value based on how they look. And, and you don't, you don't want to be that person um, because you only attract that same type of superficial energy in your life as well. In addition to smiling, it also means me engaging with people. So uh, again, social anxiety has been up there because I've been in the house all day um, for years. I have gotten out of practice, out of being social. I've been relearning who I am as a person, what I like, what type of sense of humor I like even, you know, and just kind of coming home to myself in this chapter and, and where I am today. And so all of that is very real and happening as I am engaging with people. And it could be very easy for me to shut down, to go back into what I've always done, which is having that flat face, flat affect, uh, don't talk to me kind of look, um, arms crossed, eyes forward. I mean, you, you know how to give off the energy when you don't really feel like talking to people and people listen, people absolutely listen. But now I am, in addition to smiling in, in that way, you know, if someone lingers a little bit that they, that I say hello, or even if they don't linger, that I say hello first, uh, that if I'm standing in line with someone that I smile and I don't immediately get on my phone, or if I get on my phone, my body language is not, uh, very, what's the word? Like it's not coward and concave. It's okay. My chest is up. It's open. I have my feet turned towards them in case they want to, Ask me what I'm getting in line too. you know, engaging in conversations with people in line without thinking, OK, do they want something from me? Are they going to um, are they or can they do something for me? It's another thing that I used to do in my head. Like if someone didn't look like they could be a business contact or if they didn't have anything to contribute to my life. And I I hate to say, it, but I mean, I, I was very uh, self-seeking and selfish in that way. 
uh, I would judge whether or not I would be nice to them. Yeah, I'm, I'm just going to use the word. Would judge whether or not I would be as nice to them as I would to other people. And I, I had to learn. I am learning how to stop qualifying people. And when I pick up in the air that they actually want to have a conversation with me, that I that I make that step and I and I open the door to that. So for example, I was in a grocery store this past week and I was on the candy aisle and I was trying to pick up something and I was looking for it and there was this little kid there and I don't know where his mama was, but um he had to be about ten or eleven years old and he was lingering where I was lingering and and I could tell that he was like wanting to say something, but he didn't say anything. And I was like, hey, how you doing okay? And he just launched into this whole conversation about rocket ships and how great they are and how we both had a, have a mutual love of black jelly beans. Black jelly beans are my favorite jelly bean. Um, argue with your with yourself because I love black jelly beans. Um, I don't like the other black licorice candy, but I love black jelly beans. And so... It just launched into this whole conversation, but I could feel, you know, energetically that he wanted to say something. And so I've been trying to allow myself to be more open to those moments because usually those moments are really sweet moments. They're they're also the ones that plant the seeds for, I mean, I could meet someone who could potentially be a really great friend down the years. I could meet someone who could be a potential great contact. I could meet someone who ends up being the person I introduced to one of my best friends to be her husband, like people, I, I, hmm. one thing that is really important, that has been a really important lesson for me to learn and to relearn is to humanize people, to not see people as tools and what they can do for me. Um, but to see them as individual souls. So that 10-year-old, right? Uh, who, who, who needed to engage with the 10-year-old on the candy aisle? But he needed someone. He wanted to chat. He wanted to be social. And so I chose to engage with another soul while I was on the way picking up my, my incidentals for the week, right? And to keep having those type of moments I want because I want to have a life full of love and a life full of relationships and a life full of connection. Like that's that's where I'm trying to get to in this next season. So that's the type of life I'm trying to cultivate by being who I want to be and being who I want to attract. I want to attract warm, loving, happy, funny people who like to converse with people, who like to tell jokes, who like to be nice just to be nice and be generous with their time and their energy and their love. And so I have to be that person myself. So that's where I am. So I hope that sharing all of this with y'all today uh, has been helpful to those who need it, to those who have been trying to work through their own avoidant tendencies. Hopefully one or two of the things that I share that I have typically done to push those things away is something that you can relate to and take some inspiration from. If you don't do what I did, at least do something that fits you better or fits uh, your goals better. Um, but just so that you know that, you know, you can absolutely break those patterns and grow the relationships that you want. I do want to say one thing before I end with those of you who are going out to meet new people. I'm going to be honest and say that I did try to scope out 
these meetup groups and look at pictures and see who was there and see if there was someone that uh, looked like I could vibe with and connect with. And the pictures were lacking. And the ones that were there, I was like, Ugh, I don't, I don't know if I see anybody who looks like someone who could be a potential really close friend. And what I'm going to do is I'm going to go anyways and get to know people as people because I may have a whole misconception about people and who they are in my own head that I need to break through. I need to break through my own stereotypes and see how friendships and relationships show up for me. And also, you know, I might meet people who weren't even in the pictures, right? But that's not going to stop me from going for what I want because it's a little bit outside of my comfort zone. And I think in the past, I've absolutely let that happen in some areas. And in this area, I'm going to be brave and put myself out there. So um, hopefully that last tidbit helps. But that's it for today's episode. Yes to my students who have been listening to this and being like, isn't this what she just shared? In our community, yes, this is absolutely the drop-in post that I shared this past weekend about what I'm doing, just obviously with a lot more information, a lot more context. Uh, after I wrote it, I was like, this could probably be a podcast episode. So I'm sharing it with the community at large as well. But that's it for today, y'all. I hope you have a wonderful week and I will see you in the next one. Take care of yourselves. Thanks for listening to this week's podcast. Before we get started, let's take a small break to say thank you to this week's sponsors.